Hello, beautiful people. I'm Heat, host of Ordinary Chaos, where we explore the interesting side of ordinary. We often see famous people as interesting and not famous people as not interesting. But the truth is, we're all interesting if you ask the right questions. Today's guest is a small business owner, a woman who runs a truly family-owned business. If you've wondered how an idea is planted and grows into a business, my talk today with Cheryl from Burst of Butterflies is for you. Let's get to it. Heat here today with a small business owner. I'm here with Cheryl Tisland, who is the owner, founder, everythinger of Burst of Butterflies in Chandler, Arizona. Welcome, Cheryl. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First, where did the idea come from? How did this whole thing birth? Well, there's a long story behind it, but the short version uh, is basically a family member. My sister suffered a traumatic brain injury from an accident in 2013, and we uh, decided that we needed to come together as a family to take care of her, but our jobs were very demanding. And my mom and I both wanted to retire from our careers. And my son, Lucas, who is a ceramic artist, we all got together and kind of decided to start a ceramic studio. Then my sister and my mom and my son and I all came together and built Burst of Butterflies, opened it up in January of 2015. And here we are. That's a wild story. Yes, it is. And it's been really nice being part of a family business. I really like that. Running your own place was, I don't know, less work or afforded you more time to help your sister than having a day job? Yeah, basically my sister and my mom and I, my mom and I needed to take care of my sister. She became permanently disabled. And so having her here at the studio and being able to build something together allowed us to all be together, basically. That makes sense. Yeah. What did it look like? What were the steps involved to turn it from an idea into an actual physical place that I can walk into? So we were at the dinner table on Thanksgiving in 2013, and we kicked around all kinds of ideas, tried to decide on the concept, started putting it together as a family, and then we started looking for a place. And it just so happened that around January, this building became available here in downtown Chandler, and we love downtown Chandler. So that was a great opportunity. And then we spent about eight months renovating the building, this old building that we're in, and uh, we built out the idea and the concept and put everything in place for about eight months. We had to get our licenses and we had to form the LLC and all of that, start thinking about what kind of services and products we were going to provide, create vendor relationships and join associations and and all of that while we were building out the space and tearing down walls and everything else. So that was a good eight months of work. And then we opened up. And if we knew then what we know now, there's a few things we would have done differently. But that first year was really a learning experience. And then the second year, we learned more. And now we've been here for eight years. I'm going to interrupt our conversation here for a moment. I can't believe it, but I forgot to ask Cheryl how they came up with the name Burst of Butterflies. So I emailed her and she sent me back a three-part explanation. 
Mom, Mom, so when I was at summer camp, Lucas said that how they came up with the name is that you get a burst of butterflies in your stomach when you're excited and they want you to get excited about art. That's excellent. And that was one of the reasons that she sent to me. Another was that it would be a transformative place as our family transforms into this business and new journey, like a caterpillar transforms to a butterfly. Makes sense. And the last one is that it will be a place where beauty will be created from a plain lump of clay or a blank canvas and creativity takes flight like the wings of a butterfly opening for the first time. That sounds very poetic. I like it. I'm glad that I got this information. Now back to the conversation. Did any of you have a business background? I worked as a software engineer for many years, and I evolved into a project manager. So I had experience with uh, leading up basically projects and project management. And I had formed in my life a couple of other small little businesses, you know, nothing of this scale. I had a business background that helped a lot with everything. And then Lucas being a ceramic instructor, you know, my mom having 40 years in her industry, we all just kind of pulled it together and figured things out. It's so cool. How did it grow? Was it mainly organic because of your location? When we first started that first year, I thought we had to do a lot of advertising and sink a lot of dollars into that. And I'm sure that helped get the word out, but it wasn't too long after that first year that I discovered that the organic growth was really more powerful than any advertising dollars. And so we very rarely do anything now. We do a couple things, but we really don't spend a lot of money on advertising. What we focus on more is creating an awesome customer experience so that everybody that comes here tells their friends and family, and then it just can grow that way. I can vouch for an awesome customer experience. I have been there many times. Thank you. Yeah, I have brought family in when they're in town from, you know, across the country and things like that. And summer camps, uh, you know, we know we've seen you there. So um, we really appreciate all of that. How did you navigate the pandemic? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I don't even know. (laughs) In March of 2020, when we kind of realized it was around spring break that we uh, realized that things were going to start happening that were kind of scary. I wasn't really sure what that was going to mean for us. And, you know, I was pretty terrified. We had spent five years or six years building this up. And then, you know, the pandemic came. The first thing I did was I got my staff together and I said, I am going to do everything in my power to keep all of you employed. I don't know what that looks like yet, but I need all of your help. And in return, I'm going to make sure I keep you employed. So what we decided to do when it was just dead in our studio and everybody was at home, we put together art to go kits so that people could paint at home. Uh, We uh, revamped the website. I pretty much spent, you know, a week straight just all-nighters, building out the website to handle to-go orders for painting kits, canvas kits, mosaic kits, you know, things that people could take home. And then my staff and I kept ourselves busy painting the walls and rearranging the studio and everything we could. You know, I just looked for every opportunity. Uh, We did receive a couple of grants, which was helpful, but I think those take-home art kits really really did it for us. You know, we had a lot of support from the community and they came on board and and bought those to-go kits and they got to paint at home. And uh, that really made the difference. 
I know my son was signed up for summer camp with you that Mm -hmm. year, and you were able to transition that to Zoom, which was amazing. That's right. So we found out about the pandemic in March. We already had started selling summer camps. We we launched summer camp in February. So I was really worried that I was going to have to refund all that money. And that would be pretty devastating to us, you know, having to pay rent and all these things. So we basically decided, okay, what if we did a Zoom camp? So we contacted all the parents that had already signed up, asked them if that would be something they were interested in. Almost everybody was on board. We pulled the team together and we put together these boxes with all the parts that were needed for the camps so we could send them home with the kids. And we actually had a sold out camp at two locations during that pandemic summer, which was pretty amazing. And so we got on Zoom and taught the kids camp and it worked out great. It really, uh, it was, it was just such a blessing that that was able to happen the way it did. From a parent perspective, first that my hesitation was, oh my gosh, all that paint in the house, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but it was fine. But the boxes were so well organized. It was very easy to know what materials went with which project. And yeah, I was very impressed. Thank you. That's what we were trying to do. We wanted to make sure that there was no confusion and that the kids were able to successfully complete projects at home over Zoom. And, you know, that's not an easy task because we're trying to talk to kids when they're sitting in their living room and, you know, they have short attention spans. You know, we had to keep them going at home and and keep them all engaged when, you know, they're not able to sit right next to their friends and create together. We had to kind of try to create that same experience over Zoom. Yeah, I was impressed. Thank you. So you had two locations. You currently have one location. Yes. Our second location didn't make it through COVID, unfortunately. It had only been open for a year or so before the pandemic happened, so it hadn't really stabilized yet. And during that summer camp, we tried, you know, we were doing Zoom and everything, but the the studio itself, we, we just felt like the only way we were going to survive the pandemic is if we let that one go and focus on the one studio that we originated back in 2015, because trying to keep two locations with two sets of electric bills and water bills and all of those things happening and staffing it, it just wasn't going to be feasible. So we made the hard decision to shut it down. That really was a a tough decision, but uh, we're really glad that we're focused on just one location right now. One day we'll possibly expand again. And it worked because you're still here. And I think, I think the worst is behind us. It It seems like like it. it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With the worst of that behind and moving forward, do you have a vision for where you're going or what it'll look like, or just keep plugging ahead what you're doing? We're really thinking that uh, we're going to keep plugging away with what we're doing. I think it's working well. We're growing at, uh, at this location in a, at a nice pace. And then I think, you know, depending on how things go over the next year or two with the economy, with politics, with all kinds of things, uh, you know, we might expand again. I think we're going to just take it really slow right now as far as expansion goes and stick with our one location. That makes sense. You know, this is a good spot, downtown Chandler. (laughs) It is. In the time that I've been coming there, you've expanded what you offer as well. Oh, true. 
our heavy focus has been on just making sure that we have different options for people to choose from when they come in. I don't know of another studio that offers all the things that we do. We have mosaic, we have woodboard painting, canvas painting, pottery painting, glass fusing, clay making. We now have eight wheels in our clay room. So we do 10 classes a week for kids and adults on clay wheel throwing. And that's very, very popular. And we've been creating more awareness of our events. We've done offsite events as well as in-house events, creating team building experiences for different companies, really engaging people on wheel throwing birthday parties and canvas parties and glass mosaic parties and all of those things. So just really trying to make this location the best it can be and expanding within this location. I've done canvas painting. I've done lots of ceramic painting and I did one wheel class. Nice. Like every time I come in, I'm like, oh, there's other things I need to try. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And and we, we really enjoy the fact that we can offer all of these things because, you know, sometimes people have painted pottery enough times and they're not in the mood for it. Or, you know, you can only have so many canvases hanging up on your wall at your house, (laughs) you know, so, but people still want to get creative. So we want to make sure we have all those different options. Well, and you can go with a group of people and everybody can do different things and you can still have a good time together. Oh, for sure. And, you know, it's BYOB. So, you know, the adults can come out and bring a bottle of wine and, you know, have some fun. (laughs) So did you have any role models in this process? I'm involved in the Ceramic Studio Association, and I actually just got elected on the board last week. So Congratulations. Thank you. Now I'm a board member, but this association is really powerful uh, for studios all over the world, and especially here in the U.S., all across the country. We have a, you know, a group chat that we belong to where we can garner ideas from each other, share ideas, and really learn a lot about how to navigate the, you know, the industry, how to gain more customers, how to provide more offerings. And so that has been a humongous help. As far as business sense, I think my mom has always been just a great role model for me on these things. And I think she does a great job of helping me to you know, provide the service that we want to provide and be that family-friendly business. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, besides pandemic, which I would say was more than a bump, <laughs> what is a bump that you hit unexpectedly? Hmm. There's always little things. You have something that comes up unexpectedly and, you know, maybe people, uh, you have staff that you have to deal with. So they, you know, sometimes people are calling out sick and especially through the pandemic, you know, and beyond. We don't want anybody here that's sick. So, you know, sometimes we have to juggle and struggle to try to make sure that we have enough people to accommodate. Mother's Day in 2019, I think, really caught us by surprise 2019 Mother's Day I think uh, we were so packed in here I I had to turn people away and you know so now we're always geared up for Mother's Day (laughs) (laughs) but you know you you just kind of learn through those things I'm the type of person that you know when a challenge comes at me I I just try to figure out okay what do we got to do I try not to worry too much about the problem I try to just figure out the solution so 
As far as bumps, we've had bumps all along. Some of them are tougher than others, but I just try to navigate through and and my team is awesome. So, you know, if I can't figure out a way to solve something, somebody on my team can. I feel really good about all of that. I think that's, you know, a good way to be just keep on chugging forward. Sure. Well, and being with good people makes all the difference. Yes. And I try to be a good leader, you know, of my team. And I hope that my team would say that I do a good job of that. I think I have a great team. Uh, they all get along well and they do their jobs and, and our customers seem to be really happy with them. That's great. Has it been difficult uh, working with your family? No, on the contrary, it's been it's been totally wonderful. I I love working with my family. We have a really good relationship. There's really no issues. I move fast. I'm a very I, I have a lot of energy, so you know my my family knows to you know <laughs> to get out of the way sometimes. But um, <laughs> we we get along really well. That's fantastic. Yeah, and I don't know if you're aware, but. This year in January, my sister passed away. So, oh, I um, didn't know that. I'm sorry. Thank you. She was the reason we started this business. And um, so our focus now is just to honor her by making this continue to be the best place to get creative and keep it going really strong. I'm glad that you were able to have the time with her. Yeah, me too. So in, in detail things, how do you decide what, what are they called? The packs that people would use to help them make a painting. Oh, the canvas design templates. Thank you. How do you, like, how do you decide which of those to offer and which ceramic pieces to put on the shelf? Like that kind of detail, how do you decide? Because I'm sure there's many, many, many more available than you have. Yes. So that's what I usually focus on. And it's an art and a science. It's one of those things that no matter what we have available, somebody is going to come in and say, I wish you had this or I wish you had that. And then, you know, if I get enough people asking for a certain thing, I decide to add it to the mix. But I try to follow what the current trends are. You know, I try to think about what people might want ahead of time of them even knowing that they want it. And so, you know, there's a whole art and science there. And of course, I have my family and my team to fall back on 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 ideas and suggestions. The canvas design templates have been very popular. We actually now have 700 of them, um, different designs to choose from. And so we've archived a lot of them. And then every once in a while, we get somebody that comes in and asks for one that's archived and we pull it out of the archives. But we only have so much space here. Same with the pottery. You know, we have all these figurines and bowls and plates and cups and vases. And, you know, there's thousands of shapes and sizes to choose from that we could stock on our shelves. And we just try to follow the trends and see what's uh, you know going to be popular. And then certain things, certain things fly off our shelf faster than we can put them back on. And so those are things that are our staples that we just always keep it on hand. And then we try to introduce new things, you know, every month or two, have new things introduced and see how they do. Sometimes it's trial and error, you know, sure. The Ceramic Studio Association is also a very good resource for that because I get things in the in my email all the time on what's trending now and, you know, what to plan for for the fall and all of that. So that helps a lot. Sure, that makes sense. And I know just from being in the store that the Christmas trees and the Christmas cactuses that you put the little plastic 
lights in. Those are out all the time. <laughs> those ones on the wall right there? The ones right behind you. Yep, they're out all the yeah. time. I see those. Do people paint those year round? Yes, the cactus especially. Here in Arizona, they love those light up cactus. I love seeing when people do rainbow and purple and teal and all kinds of cool colors on them. But yeah, Christmas trees year round. We usually do a Christmas in July type of thing for painting Christmas trees. And then the cactus year round are very, very popular. And we have other light up things now. We have bears and owls and other things that light up. So those are all very popular. People people love that little night lights, you know. Sure. And unicorns. I must always have unicorns on my shelf or else there is going to be a little girl who is not happy. So, <laughs> so, no, so no matter what, I can never run out of unicorns. <laughs> Do you have any advice for someone that has an idea that's not in motion yet? I would say if you have an idea and you want to pursue it and you feel very passionate about it, that you you should start to figure out what you have to do to put it in place. And sometimes sometimes it just means like charging forward and figuring out how to make it happen because nothing has to be 100% perfect from the start. A lot of people, I think, get stuck in this whole idea that they have to get everything perfect before they can even start a business. And there's a lot of things you don't know, you know, and and you have to figure out by doing. And so if you have a passion and you want to pursue it, just really, you have to be pragmatic. You can't just willy nilly go, you know, starting something, but, you know, be pragmatic about it. Do your research, investigating, find out what the resources are out there. Like, you know, we have the Ceramic Studio Association. There's restaurant associations. Almost every business has an association with it. So being involved in associations so you're not reinventing the wheel is really helpful, I think. Get involved in the Chamber of Commerce. Talk to people, you know, start making relationships. Those are all very important things if you want to pursue starting your own business. That all makes sense. So is there anything that I haven't asked you that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> I would love to say how much I, I love having this business, this industry, being part of it, seeing all of the people who come through our door and how happy they are with, you know, whatever they've created. You know, this is a happy place. It's a place to relax and leave your cares at the door. And I don't, I can't think of another business where, you know, 99.9% of the time, it seems like we deal with happy people that are here trying, you know, to enjoy themselves. So I really love that. And and I, I'm so thankful that we decided to take the plunge and start this, you know, eight, nine years ago. I'm glad too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> In brick and mortar and online, where can people find you? First of butterflies.com. And we are located in downtown Chandler on Boston Street, right in the downtown square off of Arizona Avenue in Boston. I bet you get a ton of people when they do the tumbleweed tree. Yes, events here draw a lot of people and and that's always nice. We love that. Thank you so much for talking. I'm very excited to be able to speak with you. Yes, I'm, I'm really grateful that you decided to reach out and set this up. So thank you very much too. Thanks for listening. Ordinary Chaos is an ad-free podcast, written, produced, edited, and so on by me, he. The music was created by Keith Kelly. You can find the show notes and learn more about the podcast, about Keith, or about me 
at ordinarychaospodcast.com. You can also go there to make a donation to help keep the podcast ad-free. Talk to you again soon.